Welcome to The Truth In His Heart. I am your host, Rob Lee. And as we continue uh, this series, uh, The Truth In His Heart Beyond, I am interviewing an Austin-based entrepreneur. She has built her professional career as an influencer, a partnership strategist, and her life's work around building her community, empowering black girls and women, and maintaining her family legacy as Austin business owners, owners of Johnny's Antiques, the oldest remaining shop on East 6th Street. Please welcome Alex Johnson. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to to get to connect. I love when these types of things happen, when we run into each other and then it becomes a a partnership in some way. It's my whole job. (laughs) Absolutely. And it was organic, which is what people look for. Uh, and, And the other side of it is, as we were talking before we got started, you know, just two Aquarius is just bringing it together. You know, it's so weird. I always like when I meet people, I seem to always meet other Aquariuses or Capricorns. It's, <laughs> it's pretty strange. Like my, all my best friends are Aquarius or Capricorns. Pretty insane. <laughs> so so as we we get started, um, I want to like tap in real quick with with this question. Um we, we have that really introductory piece with the background was to copy and paste. And thank you for putting that together and sending it over. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so so if if you were in terms of doing one thing well or giving that elevator pitch, what what does your work mean? And then outside of what your work means on paper, what are your major interests? Because you, you touched on those empowering black girls and women and maintaining your family's legacy. So 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 speak about that to me. Yeah. So I like to say I'm just kind of a lover of all things, right? Like I'm a, I love to find a new favorite thing every week. Right. Um, you know, professionally I do work in influencer marketing. I've been doing that for years. Um, you know, I'm a partnership strategist is like kind of my title, if you will, and founded an agency and have been again, doing that for years, but what's (laughs) inspired me and what's, you know, things that I'm super passionate about has been working in my community. I worked in nonprofit when I first graduated undergrad. Um, I worked at the Harvest Foundation, which was specifically serving um, black and brown people in inner city Austin. So that was kind of where I got my start. And I also at the time founded a Um, a girls program called Ivy Dolls, where I essentially was just trying to teach these girls to see beyond their their surroundings, right? Sometimes when you're not exposed to things or when you've never traveled outside the city, you don't realize how big life can be, right? So I did that for a while and I've always had a passion for just really, you know, doing stuff in my community. But then the the biggest piece of me and something um, that is a, another passion is entrepreneurship. And I come from this long line of entrepreneurs, my grandparents, my great grandparents, everybody's been an entrepreneur and they have maintained that for years. Um, up until, you know, and until now too. Right. Yeah. So a part of that and what has been my new found favorite thing to do is working with my grandma and really trying to maintain our legacy in the business industry, right? So um, I'm an antiquer, if you will. (laughs) I love antiques. Like, I know it's like a weird thing. Like, I'm a, is it a grand millennial? I think is what they're calling it. But I I love antique things, like little knickknacks. I used to, I'm a collector. I love really old vintage jewelry pieces. Like, I'm not really into, um, like, 
modern or costume jewelry. Like I like the really old, unique stuff. So part of that is the reason I was like, oh, I'm down for antiques. Like I will help the family business. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't know if I answered the full question, but lots of passions here. Um, (laughs) I do lots of lots of things, but those right now are kind of the, the strongest components. So, and you did. So thank you for that. And so with it, I'll append to it this. Um, so Johnny's Antiques, so oldest remaining shop on 6th Street. How, how long has it been around? So the business started in 1918. Wow. Um, and yeah, it, insane. And it was originally on Red River. I, I know you're um, not familiar with Austin, but Austin has 35 running straight through. How many, I don't know, how many times have you been to Austin at this that, point? That was my first time. Oh, wow. Okay. So yes, a little, I'll do a little snippet of awesome history, if you will. (laughs) Geography. Uh, (laughs) Not not a lot, but the, so 35 runs straight down um, between East 6 and West 6. And essentially the, when the shop started, it was on the East or the West side. It's still the East, but the West East side um, of 35 and that's where the shop started in 1918. Well, during um, like the 60s or something, they were pushing black people out from that side. Kind of, it was a the first wave of gentrification, I guess, during that time. So then sure. we were pushed over to the opposite side where all the black and brown people were pushed. Um, and so our shop has now been there since like the 60s, and has you know it's the oldest building there, but it is. You know, people love it because it's the only building that is remaining from what old Austin is. Because even when you visited and I was showing you around, I was like, hey, like, look at this building is next to us. Five years ago, that wasn't there. There's a Target, a a Whole Foods, there's a um, Hop Dyes are all just surrounded. And there are one little antique shop that's been there for, you know, decades. So, you know, that has that's kind of the history of the shop. And it's my um, great, great aunt and uncle, and then my great, great grandparents. Thank you for, for walking us through that, that history in a very brief way. And, yeah. and I think the, the one thing that's really cool, and we, I said this uh, before we got started, um, I felt compelled. Like I, I was just walking there, trying not to have a heat stroke because it was 106 <laughs> to eight degrees. And I just had coffee and I was just like, you know, usually I like to walk through a city and, I find like if I go to certain communities, if I run into someone and we spark up a conversation because that's what I'm not necessarily inclined to do, that means it, it happened for a reason. So I'm glad we were able to connect and like kind of bring this together. And it all came from like popping over. It's like, what is this place? That was literally what it was. And I was almost a fat guy recently. I, I mean, I, briefly, I was just like, they sell hot dogs in there. I was like looking for whatever <laughs> it could be. And I was like, oh no, those are antiques. So I was like, great, great. And, you know, and it was really cool. And it was cool, like getting that abbreviated tour of the space because it, it had this, this vibe of there's history in here. There is, um, it, it almost sounds hokey, but like, there's like a, a spirit, there's like black history in, in some ways of this is yeah. entrepreneurship. So that's what I was feeling. I was like, I really hope I get Alex in this conversation. That was literally what I was thinking when I <laughs> got on the flight. That, if we're going to land safely, it's like, I need to get this podcast done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So 
one of the things that I think is a through line with some of your community oriented work and your, your work in, in, in working with influence, ultimately it's uh, people oriented, whether it's people as in the digital sense or people that are in the, Hey, I can reach out and have a coffee with you sort of sense. So we hear this all the time in business that it's not, you know, personal, it's business, it's, it's business, not personal. Um, and I think that's a little deprecated, especially now. People are leaving, people, the great resignation, all of that. So describe describe the role of like people and empathy in how you approach your work. So and, I'm, that's an awesome question, by the way, because I think that that has been one of the biggest things, lessons that I've had to learn, if you will, um, with being one, a business owner. And with doing partnerships, because that's kind of, you know, that's my profession is I partner with influencer, I partner with brands. Um, But loyalty has always been something that's very ingrained in me, right? Like, you know, you're loyal, like you stay down, whatever. But in this new day and age, loyalty kind of is not, I feel like it's not a factor and that it's business, it's not business um, or it's not personal, it's business is kind of reign supreme uh, in a lot of ways. And so when that dilutes the idea of this, there being this loyalty, right? Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of, um, you know, especially I'd say in my industry, you get a lot of people that are disingenuine. And so it makes it very, very hard to do business, right? It makes it hard to want to do business. I've been lucky in the sense that, I've able I've been able to partner with some genuine people and I try to maintain my relationships and my friendships. I think anybody now that is um you know trying to establish net that is networking. Mm-hmm. You know, I really admonish people to just try to like be genuine and have some sense of loyalty because it really does change the game especially when you have this this ever-changing world and this ever-changing like need for the show if you will um so yeah I, I mean it's not it's not personal it's business I do you there is some part of that that you do have to maintain mm-hmm. um you know just so you don't get screwed over I've again that's the biggest lesson I've learned is that yeah. people will throw that at you once they would throw that at you. <laughs> That's all I'll say is, but I still really believe in, in having loyalty. And I think that that is also what kind of ties me to continuing to build out Johnny's antiques and continuing to push for that as well is there's a loyalty there. And the reason my grandparent, my grandmother isn't sold out or said, Hey, I'll t- take $10 million instead of being loyal to, you know, this is our legacy. This is our history. This yeah. is our family. The black community really likes the fact that we're still there and that we're holding on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean. And, and I think, I think the community, when they can see that earnestness there, that, that purity, that like, this is a business, but also there is a, in, in the scale of businesses, like you could be, man, this is SpaceX. No shots, but shots. This is SpaceX. And it's like, you don't treat your people well. Or this is a local mom and pop or a local business that was born and bred here and has ties to the community. It's like, I think that that is closer on that end of, no, the people drive this and the people will take care of this. And I think that that's where loyalty is developed. And I think 
to even extend when you have a black owned family business that's been around for more than a hundred years, just imagine all of the different things. And I know that you would know about it, but all the different things that this, this company has gone through, this business has gone through and you know, it's part of the community. It's a family member in some ways. So it's like the community will take care of you, I think. And I think that's just, you know, one of the things to keep in mind always that, you know, people are looking out. It's always the shift. Like I remember hearing about like um, from my from my girlfriend about, you know, being out there in the bodegas back in the day. She's from New York. She's yeah. like, yeah, you know, I remember the bodega. And I was like, you know, I got I'm like a little short for this loaf of bread or what have you. They're going to take care of you to make sure you're good. Yeah. Like, just, just, you know, just give it to us next time or what have you. Whereas if a company is big and faceless, they don't care one way or the other. Yeah. And then that creates that loyalty. Like I'm going to go there because they care about me or they need to go fund me or a fundraiser because they had some issue. I'm going to donate there because I remember and I, they're part of this community. Yeah. No, I, that, that's definitely the gist there. Right. Yeah. Uh, I read that mastering the smaller details helps with confidence when we inevitably run into a roadblock. Uh, do you agree with this? And if so, how do you strengthen your confidence in that regard? I would say um, I, I definitely agree. Mastering the small details is really the way to like, you know, get through everything. I, I feel like if you know how to master those small little things, I I will be completely honest in saying that I don't think that I've mastered. <laughs> like, I know I shouldn't be that transparent, but I, I think that that has been something that I've pushed towards lately. Like that has been on my goal list, right? <laughs> like um, mastering those small details so that you don't run into these issues. And one of those small details that I think um, that a lot of people have not mastered is the time management detail, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is where, um, you know, I see a lot of lapses happening is learning how to perfect, you know, how do you micro out your day? My, um, I'm drawing a blank on how, what they call it, but you know how when you do, dose out your days, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's a minor detail. That's not something that you think you're like, I'll just get this done. I'll get this done. I got a to do list. But like, that's one of the minor details that I think that once mastered, you really, it, it transforms everything the way that you do everything. And then you don't have those roadblocks. Right. So will I say I've mastered <laughs> every minor, small um, detail? No, not yet. But I do think that I'm very conscious of those things. And I do believe that by doing you know, mastering the small stuff, you will, you, you can progress a lot better. I, I, I totally agree. And I think it's, it's this quote, cause you know, when, when I was there, this showed you the, 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 uh, I guess it's cubed, it's meta. I'm going to say it's meta. I was listening to Austin Cleon while in Austin. So that this says <laughs> a lot. And I, I remember one of the things that, um, that, that he was talking about of like, like masters, and maybe I'm paraphrasing, but masters, let's say in art or in creativity, right? Yeah. They haven't seen a certain thing in such a long time. So they've forgotten it. Whereas when you're always trying to approach things like a novice, you're always trying to learn. You're always trying to gain new yeah. knowledge. But when you feel like you've mastered it, you're like, oh, I don't need to progress. I don't need to learn anything else. Yeah. 
I kind of want to be a very confident novice because it's going to keep me honest to want to learn more. I like that. A confident novice. And I think that is where I, I'd like, I don't want to say that's, I hate to give myself definitive titles, but I feel like that's the lane that I, I kind of ride in um, is a confident novice. Like I am <laughs> consistently trying to learn more um, to master those small details. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's, that's a great, great way to, to explain it. All right, now it's, now it's time for some Austin questions. Because, okay. you know, we can't do a, a, a podcast focused on arts and culture <laughs> and just life in Austin without really talking about Austin. So yeah. could you share with me one of your first memories of Austin? Like when you think of Austin, what is the first thing that pops in your mind? What's the feelings, the smells, the taste? Tell me about it. So, um I'm an, I'm Austin born and raised, so there are so many things that I think about. But I think the first memory that pops in my mind is my dad used to take us in a little red wagon, me and my little brother. He would take us, this is how small Austin used to be and how like quaint it was. He would take us in a wagon from our property on six. And he would take us down to Cisco's, which is a um, it's a minority owned business as well. But it's a little restaurant. We mm-hmm. would get these sausage biscuits. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, when I tell you, like and to this day, I don't know why when I was little, those sausage biscuits were like heaven to me. I had them a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I like sausage the same anymore. Oh, no. So, I mean, it's sad. But it tastes like Austin to me, right? Yeah, yeah. So my dad would take us there. Then he would take the wagon all the way back down and walk us down six. And we would go to stuff like the Pecan Street Fest, which was, it's a pretty big festival now. But it used to be just like a small thing of creators and like people that did handmade crafts and stuff. And they'd have it in Sixth Street, just tents pop up. He would take us around that. And then he, on the way back, we would stop at Jim Jim's, which is another minority owned. Um, he's a he's Asian um, business, and he would get us these water ices, which are not snow cones. When you come back to Austin, I I really encourage you to stop there and Cisco's. Okay. Um, but we would go get a ice icy, a water icy, and then t- he take that red rag and right back up. Um, and we'd go home for the day. But that's what Austin used to be to me is like when I was little, just being able to go in this little red wagon all around the city and experiencing, you know, minority owned businesses and seeing them thrive, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. And that's Austin to me. Water ices and, and sausage biscuits. <laughs> that, that That's a whole personality type. Could, <laughs> could be a, bio, a biography title. I don't know. That might be mine. Yeah. Like. If you ever come up here, see, I will trade you and I'll raise you your water icy for a Baltimore <laughs> snowball. You got to get a Baltimore style, you know, egg custard, okay. little bit of the, uh, the, 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 what is it? The marshmallow fluff. Not too much because oh, it's, it's OD. That sounds good. I mean, egg custard is very much a Baltimore thing. Yeah. yeah. I have, you know what? I'm going to have to try that. These will be on my little list of like things to try when in Baltimore. (laughs) Absolutely. Whenever I go traveling to a place, it's like, I need to try like whatever they say the food is. And you know, you Texans, (laughs) using your barbecue and your tacos, I got some interesting advice. And I was like, look, I'm not from here. Can I live for a moment? And I, I don't know. I think I told you don't go to Torchies, even though I I love Torchies. But I was like, hey, don't go to Torchies. <laughs> you got to try like the little hole in the wall, little 
Mexican spots. They're so good. I, g- I got it set know. right. I got it set right. I did go to Torchy's, and so big shout out to John. But also, I, I did go to. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the place, but it was one of these small places. One in uh, a million. My my brother and his wife drove down from Waco, and they spent a lot oh, of time in Austin. Okay. They, they drove down on a Sunday, and they were like, uh, "Don't eat anything. We're taking you for tacos because we know you had bad tacos." And I was like, oh. "Wow!" <laughs> and it was like, also, you need to get good barbecue. So figure that out. We're going to come with suggestions. Yeah. So you guys are serious about your it tacos is very and barbecue? Serious. Tacos and barbecue, like that, is a staple. And we have some. There's so many good restaurants that are. I I prefer the ones that aren't like the new stuff. Like yeah. we investor back. Like we just want to. When people come to Austin, I'm like, let's go to the places that have like been here. They're in the good. cut. Like. I like that. Those so. are the places that I, I tend to look for, what have you. And, you know, I'm always up for suggestions. So if I don't know a place, that's always on the list for me. I try to factor that time in. And I'm very much, when I'm working, I'm working. But, yeah. you know, when I'm there for like culture, what have you, I'm going to pop to a few places that hit my sensibility. I went to multiple coffee shops. I went to like, like two mate, I think I went to two or three easy tigers. I was like, yes, this is like my type of joint. <laughs> And um, it was some dude in there that was like a he was a smaller Texas. I, I think he was I think he was queer version of me. I was like, oh you had the same hair I have. I was like, this is great. <laughs> and the same like like beard. I was like, this is great. Yeah. So so in it, you, you touched on a few places. Um, so so w- w- for for those who have never been to Austin and I've only been there once and I don't really think I've been there. I don't really count that. Share. Three must-see attractions within the city. I would say must-see is um, definitely going to like Barton Springs or Zilker, like doing something, one of the outdoor things. Barton is like, especially if you come in the summer, it's like super cold. It's really cool. I'd also say traveling down on the east side, um, Johnny's Antiques for sure. Like Scott by, <laughs> we have a huge, the mural on the side was actually created. It was in partnership with Girl Ford, which helped refugees, um, women. So if you look that mural and it says we all belong here, it's yeah. that's pretty powerful. Like the murals in the city, most of them have meaning and ours is kind of a big one. So that's always a first stop. I tell people like, go take a picture, like make sure because it's, it's the oldest building and it's partnered with, you know, other refugees, right? I'd also say Historic Victory Grill is another business that's on the east side that kind of speaks to that same thing. It's also been there for years. It's a Black-owned business. They have some good food in there, too. (laughs) And they do an after hours. If you like to go to the club, I do. (laughs) I enjoy a little one-two-step, if you will. Um, So, (laughs) you know, so get some food and go to Historic Victory Grill. Um, these are all attractions there on the east side. So yeah. those are like kind of go and have a day there. Definitely hit Barton Springs and some of the swimming holes. Um, the water's super cold. And if you come in the summer, it is very necessary. And then I'm trying to think of one other really good one, because I know there's so many attractions. I would say the Capitol, but um, <laughs> if you want to, but I ain't rocking with it. Yeah, I ain't working with that like that. So um, <laughs> um, I would say the last one, um, I'm a foodie. So I'm just going to tell you guys, Bickle, if okay. you 
come to Austin and you enjoy like Jamaican food. Oh, <laughs> it is. And I forgot to tell you about this one when you were asking yeah. foods and stuff. I mean, it's not Austin, like an Austin thing. But when I tell you their Jamaican food is fire yeah. and it's off of Guadalupe, it's like in the UT campus area, mm-hmm. um, which is another cool place to explore. Yeah. Um, yeah. The food's fire. And it. it yeah. You'll probably notice that when you said Jamaican food, I activated, but I was like, oh. <laughs> Man, when I tell you the like stew fish, the oxtails, okay. like the peas and rice, like superb. Like it is very good. And we have other Jamaican places, but that is like I've went with Jamaicans, like proper Jamaicans, and mm-hmm. they're like, this is this is for the people. So, I dig it. I dig it. Like, I, I judge places off their uh cocoa bread. I'm like, look, how's your cocoa bread? Yeah, pull it like, out, pull it out. <laughs> Let me see your cocoa bread. I've, I've gone past some places. It's like, yo, the jerk chicken is the bomb. You get the peas and rice, also the bomb. Escovich, you know. And then yeah. you're like, all right, what's up with this cocoa bread, though? Exactly. Like, little, little mid. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, this place is, it's the only place I'm like, okay, I, for Jamaican food, I, I'm going to go there. I'm not going anywhere else. So that, but yeah, the murals go into the east side and the food, the, the restaurants that are like, you know, been there for forever little hole in the walls those are the attractions thank you last yeah. la- last real question that i have for you um and this is a bit of a sasson a precursor to these rapid fire questions so this is going to be a little rapid in it so you know whatever it really comes to mind um okay. in in what ways or in what way i guess the main way if you were to summarize it in what way do you think austin has influenced your style whether it's creatively professionally or personally how is like really austin like baked into your dna cuz you're you're native you're you're there now so how is it baked into your dna i think i have a very austin persona very like <laughs> like just Go with the flow. I'm very much a free spirit, if you will. Like I, um, I think that's what Austin feels like to me. It's it. Well, it used to be you could wear flip flops everywhere. It's not overdressed. You don't need makeup. You just kind of like it's a vibe. It's chill. Yeah. Um, not so much now because we have a lot of the hoity-toity coming about I still will not be wearing makeup if I don't feel like it I'm still going to be in flip-flops at the restaurant if I feel like it but I think that one thing yeah it would basically be like Austin is very free spirit and that's kind of my my thing free spirit and kind I hate to call myself kind I really hate to say things about my own self it's it's like a thing. I mean, I, I self-aggrandize all the time. I am great. I, 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 I need to be better with that. Like, I am kind. I am cool. Like, but I'm like, oh, I, I am somebody. I am. I am kind. I'm smart. I'm important. <laughs> I went, so I went to Austin a week after. Uh, so, like, it bookended the week I was in uh, Nashville. And I got harassed, but in, like, kind of a cool way. Like, harassment is not good, but also. Yeah. Eh, Someone's like, what's up? What's going on, Hoochie Daddy? Because there's a lot. Because I was wearing, I was definitely wearing Hoochie Daddy shorts. Uh-uh, and, not the five-inch inseams. Uh, yes. And they were tight. And I was like, yo. And uh-uh. drinking, <laughs> drinking is a, is a, they have these, uh, these like bus tours and tractors and just people's drinking tours. So people yeah. are getting wild busy. And it's like, Hoochie Daddy! And I was like, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Yikes. I was like, uh, I'll take it. 
yikes. I guess. I don't know. But when I was down in Austin wearing the same shorts, like I washed them, uh, but wearing the same shorts, it was just like, hi, right, bro. Whatever you're doing, man, just fight yeah. a condio or whatever. No, literally, it is very, like, everybody's very chill. Lo- local Austinites know Austinites, though, because mm-hmm. it's very chill, good vibes. Like, everybody's kind of kind to each other. We speak to each other. I speak to yeah. them. I smile and wave. I always know if I smile and wave to someone and they just kind of look at me crazy or look behind them, I'm like, they're not from here. Cause like I, <laughs> like, it's like what did I like, do? What's a smile and a head nod for you know? Like what's going on? Be kind, just be yeah. kind. It's, it. it's a thing that's, that gets lost, and that's a, a trait that I, I dug and that I can honestly say uh, you were one of the more the one of the most uh, welcoming people that I met down there. So shout out to you. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. I try. I know there's a difference between being nice and being kind. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to err on the side of kindness, right? Yeah. To everyone. You never know. <laughs> so in the last few minutes here, I want to hit you with these rapid fire questions. Um, yeah. You want to answer these as quickly as possible. First thing that comes to mind, don't overthink it. Don't be an Aquarius and overthink it. Just I can't help it. <laughs> sorry, you got you to gotta turn the button off. Uh, okay, switch all off. All right. Uh, name a gadget that has changed your life iPhone. Uh, describe yourself in one hashtag, and this relates back to your podcast. Um, hashtag creative. I dig it. What's your favorite movie? Um, uh, mm, I, mm, uh, photograph. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, that was no, that was but, great. <laughs> you struggled through that one. That was really funny to me. <laughs> That's really, I, I kind of got that vibe actually. Uh, <laughs> if you were to summarize, if you were to summarize what you do in terms of doing one thing well, what would it be? Partnerships. And lastly, what is one first world problem you have? Um, uh, putting gas in my car. That's a first world problem for you. Interesting. I don't like, I, I refuse to do it. Someone has to do it. Like my husband does my gas. That's, I, actually, I, I actually would like to retract that so no one knows that I won't pump my gas. But I, it's like the pain in my existence. Like I will not go to a gas station. I mean, I, I, I do that for my girlfriend, but also it's kind of like she's like, yeah, I got a few enemies. Can you take them out? So I handle her light work, as it were. I guess that's what, <laughs> what it is. That's what my role. Girl, my is. husband knows. He's like he checks my meter because he knows I'm. I'm about to run out of gas, or I'm not going to a gas station. But I also have a brother and a dad who made sure I always had gas in my cars. But the problem is now I drive a Jeep that is a gas guzzler. So my husband's constantly checking where my gas is. Like, where are we at here? Like, because I know she going to be on the side of the road because she ain't stopping at the gas station. It's like, no, I don't, I don't do that. Oh, no. So that's pretty much it. That is it yeah. for the podcast. So um, one, I want to thank you for being on this podcast and us getting it, getting it hooked up. And two, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out, your podcast, social media, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm the worst on social media, even though I work in social media. But if you're interested, um, you can find me at it's dot a o j and that's my instagram you can also find me at alexandria z on twitter 
And you can follow Not Your Token Black Girl podcast. Uh, we are relaunching our new series in October. Um, so yeah, those are those are all the things. And if you're looking for influencer marketing, <laughs> hello at alexandriaz.com. So there you have it, folks. I want to again <laughs> thank Alex Johnson for coming onto the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there is art and culture in and around your city. You just got to look for it. The Truth in This Art Beyond is produced with the generous support from Raisin in the Sun, Black Art Matters ATX, and Six Square. Raisin in the Sun is an Austin-based nonprofit organization whose work focuses on cultivating resilience through art and environmental initiatives. Find more out about their mission at RaisinInTheSun.org. Black Art Matters ATX focuses on amplifying Black voices in Austin's cultural conversation by financially supporting new work from Black artists based in Austin. Learn more about their work at BlackArtMattersATX.org. And Six Square. Their work focuses on preserving and celebrating the historical legacy of the African-American community that once thrived in Central East Austin. Learn more about their work at sixsquare.org. Thank you all for your generous support. Oh, 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 oh,